Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 15 of the UK's first Freedom of Information podcast. I'm Ibrahim Hassan. In September and October 2008, the Information Commissioner published 33 decisions, whilst the Information Tribunal published 11. I'm here to guide you through some of these. In this episode, amongst others, we'll be discussing decisions on information held on behalf of coroners, Section 21, an information held by a court, Ofsted Inspector's Notes, a request for information about government information sharing initiatives, drug testing methodologies, and when information about residential care homes can be disclosed under Section 43. In FOI Awareness Guidance Number 12, the Information Commissioner states that information is held on behalf of another, and so not subject to the Act, where the public authority is merely acting as a repository for the information or providing a means of communication of the information. In episode 13, we discussed the Information Tribunal decision in Enis McBride and the Information Commissioner and the Ministry of Justice. This is where the Tribunal ruled that whether or not a public authority holds information on behalf of another is simply a question of fact to be determined on the evidence. This decision was recently followed by the Tribunal in Alan Digby Cameron, and the Information Commissioner dated the 16th of October, which concerned a request to the Hertfordshire Coroner's Service, run by Hertfordshire County Council, for a transcript of the coroner's hearing. The Tribunal agreed with the Commissioner that the Council only held the information on behalf of the coroner. It had no right to amend or delete the information, and was merely acting as a repository for it. Ownership and control of the information, in fact and law, was with the coroner, who is an independent judicial office holder. Consequently, the request to the Council was outside the scope of the Act. The Tribunal did, however, suggest that the Council should have explained clearly the statutory regime under which the information was held, and that matters relating to the coroner should be the subject of a complaint to the Ministry of Justice. Local authorities who provide administration services to coroners should take note of this decision. Over the years, we have seen an expansion of the applicability of the Section 21 exemption which allows a public authority to withhold information which is reasonably accessible by other means. This has been held to include information published on accessible websites, as well as information which has been previously supplied to an applicant in another format. Even information available from a court could come under this exemption, but the emphasis is on the words reasonably accessible. This issue has been considered by the Information Tribunal in David Armstrong and the Information Commissioner and the Commissioners for HM Revenues and Customs dated the 14th of October. The appellant asked the HMRC for the bundle of documents given to the jury during the criminal trial of an individual accused of various export offences. The bundle included witness statements, documentary evidence and records of interviews. HMRC relied on the Section 21 exemption to withhold the information, stating that it was reasonably accessible to the appellant by making a court application to the trial judge in the usual manner. The tribunal agreed that this was the most appropriate way to make the request and that it was not appropriate for it to take the place of the trial judge who would be more knowledgeable about the information and the consequences of disclosure. In a decision involving the BBC, dated the 16th of October, the Information Commissioner upheld a decision to keep details on TV detection devices private under Section 31, the exemption for law enforcement. The complainant requested information from the BBC relating to the number of TV detection devices, how often they are deployed and their technical specifications. 
the Commissioner agreed with the BBC that disclosing the information could assist people who wish to avoid paying the licence fee. The BBC claimed that releasing the information would damage the public's perception of the effectiveness of TV detection vans. The Commissioner also agreed with the BBC that if the deterrent effect were lost, some people would not pay their licence fee. He also ruled that not releasing the information was in the public interest for legitimate licence fee payers as it helps the BBC to keep the cost of enforcement activities to a minimum, allowing money received from TV licensing to be spent on programming. Section 32 not only provides an absolute exemption against disclosure of court records, it also includes any document created by a person conducting an inquiry or arbitration. This exemption was discussed by the Information Commissioner in a decision involving the Charity Commission dated the 9th of September. The complainant wanted information concerning the Commission's inquiry into the Murrium Appeal, a controversial fund set up by the MP George Galloway. The Commissioner agreed with the Commission that its inquiry was one that was set up by a provision contained in an enactment, namely Section 8 of the Charities Act, and this falls within the definition of inquiry in Section 32.4c. He concluded that the information was held only by virtue of the inquiry and so was therefore exempt from disclosure under Section 32. The Commissioner did criticise the Charity Commission for suggesting that it would only conduct an internal review of its decision if the complainant provided grounds for why such a review was justified. He noted that this does not comply with the Section 45 Code of Practice, which states that any written communication expressing dissatisfaction with an FOI response should be treated as a complaint. In September 2008, the Information Commissioner made a decision which will be of interest to those in the education sector, particularly schools, as well as those advising them about freedom of information requests. Waiting for final offset reports is a worrying time for both schools and parents. Now it seems that the notes of inspectors can be requested under Freedom of Information. On the 24th of September, the Information Commissioner ordered Ofsted to release a redacted version of the handwritten evidence forms completed during an inspection of St. Patrick's Primary School in Bristol. Ofsted had refused to disclose the information, stating that the material forms part of an audit function, and so exempt under Section 33, and that the information was provided in confidence. It stated that evidence forms are handwritten notes made by school inspectors and only reflect first impressions which are not fully considered judgments and therefore do not always influence the final report. The Commissioner ruled that releasing the information would add to public knowledge and understanding about the performance of the school and the outcome of the inspection. He didn't consider that the school inspection process would be significantly prejudiced by the disclosure and rejected Offset's argument that the school would be less willing to cooperate in future, even if negative comments were made public. This is a significant decision and emphasises the need for schools to be made aware of their rights and responsibilities under the Freedom of Information Act. ActNow Training is running special courses for schools on this topic. For more information, see www.actnow.org.uk. Section 35 allows for information about policy formulation to be withheld by central government. In a decision involving the Ministry of Justice, the complainant requested minutes of the meetings of the cross-party group on House of Lords reform. This request was refused under Section 35 a Formulation and Development of Government Policy. 
The commissioners were satisfied that the exemption was engaged, but decided that releasing the information would not be in the public interest. He attached particular weight to the ongoing and unresolved nature of policy formulation on this topic, the risk of disruption to progress, the nature and status of the cross-party group, the expectations of confidentiality which covered its discussions, and the strong possibility that it may be reconvened. Listeners who also deal with data protection matters will be interested to hear about the decision involving the Cabinet Office dated the 14th of October. The complainant requested information regarding a Cabinet Committee that was formed in order to consider data sharing within the public sector. He was provided with some information, but the rest, including minutes of meetings of the Committee, was withheld under Section 351A, Policy Formulation, and 351B, Ministerial Communications. The Commissioner agreed with this approach and ruled that the public interest favoured maintaining the exemption. Section 36.2c allows information to be withheld if, in the reasonable opinion of the qualified person, disclosure would otherwise prejudice or would be likely to prejudice the effective conduct of public affairs. This exemption was relied upon by the Department for Business, Enterprise and Regulatory Reform in a decision of the Information Commissioner dated the 2nd of October. The Department refused to disclose the names and addresses of respondents in employment tribunal applications. The Commissioner found that the information was held by the public authority in its own right and the exemption was engaged, but the public interest in maintaining it was outweighed by the public interest in disclosure. The Commissioner ruled that the severity of any prejudice to the conduct of public affairs was minimal in this case. The information was previously made available through a public register from 1965 to 2001. The Department had not provided any evidence to the Information Commissioner that disclosure of the information during this period had any consequential effects. Accordingly, he found that there was a very weak, if any, public interest in maintaining the exemption. There is a competing general public interest in disclosure, which is strengthened by the more specific public interest in open justice, so that the details of cases brought before the courts and tribunals should normally be in the public domain, unless there's a good reason for confidentiality. Interestingly, in this decision, the Commissioner drew attention to the words of the Information Tribunal in a decision involving a Mr McIntyre and the Information Commissioner about the opinion of the qualified person. And I quote... We would recommend to the Commissioner that in future investigations for complaints where a Section 36.2 exemption has been claimed, he should require to see more evidence in relation to the opinion given by the qualified person, such as civil servant submissions to Ministers and their responses. Public authorities wishing to rely on Section 36 must ensure that they keep any briefing notes and emails to the qualified person just in case they are requested by the Commissioner when deciding whether a qualified person's opinion under Section 36 was reasonable. Previous decisions on Section 38, the Health and Safety Exemption, have largely concentrated on direct personal physical threats or danger to individuals if information is disclosed. Recently, the Information Commissioner has ruled that the standard operating procedures used by King's College London when testing for the use of performance-enhancing substances by athletes were properly withheld under Section 38. 
In a decision dated the 25th of September, the Commissioner accepted the concerns of the College that releasing details of the procedures would help chemists create performance-enhancing drugs that are undetectable to the existing testing procedures. He also considered evidence provided by the College of the willingness of some athletes to take performance-enhancing drugs despite the long-term damage to their mental and physical health. The Commissioner recognised the public interest in improving people's understanding of drug use in sports and accepted that greater transparency about the methods employed to test athletes may improve accountability and public confidence in the drug testing process. However, in his view, it is likely that the health of athletes would be endangered by disclosure of the requested information and therefore considered that the public interest in maintaining the exemption outweighed the public interest in disclosure. Section 43 is often claimed when a public authority believes that information is commercially sensitive and should not be disclosed. However, the potential for misunderstanding the information is not a legitimate consideration in reaching a conclusion as to the likelihood of prejudice to commercial interests. So ruled the Information Commissioner in a decision involving DEFRA dated the 11th of September. The complainant requested information relating to the number of notifications of replacement cattle ear tags received broken down by manufacturer. DEFRA provided some information but refused to release any information broken down to individual manufacturer level citing the exemption at section 43 that disclosure would harm the manufacturer's commercial interests. The Commissioner ruled that the information itself is not commercially sensitive or, on its own, likely to prejudice the commercial interests of any of the manufacturers. If the information is likely to be misinterpreted, a public authority is, of course, entitled to contextualise the information, including placing any caveats about the potential for misinterpretation. Over the last few years, local authorities across the country have had a difficult relationship with local private residential homes. This stems from, amongst other things, the latter's dissatisfaction with the low rates paid by councils for placements within the private sector as compared to the higher rates for placements in local authority-run homes. Some homeowners have even taken legal action using competition law to try and secure a better deal. Now it seems that their attention is turning to freedom of information. In a decision involving Hampshire County Council, dated the 8th of October, the complainant requested details of the budget and operating costs of the council's residential and nursing care homes. Some of the information was supplied by the council, but it withheld the operating costs by virtue of Section 43, Commercial Interests. The council raised the following arguments. The council sells some of its beds to other care providers. Disclosure of the requested information would reveal the means of calculating rates offered to other providers. Those rates could then be undercut by competitors. Secondly, the Council purchased some beds from the independent sector. Disclosure would reveal differentials between these purchases and in-house costs, which could then lead to a rise in the cost of independent purchases. Thirdly, disclosure of staffing costs would allow competitors to undermine the Council's position in the labour market. The Commissioner rejected all these arguments. He considered that the Council had failed to demonstrate that prejudice to its commercial interests would be likely to result from disclosure of the requested information and that the Section 43 exemption was engaged. That concludes this month's podcast. Don't forget, all these decisions will be discussed in my December Freedom of Information Update workshops, which are held in Manchester and London. 
More details at www.actnow.org.uk. This podcast was brought to you by me, Ibrahim Hassan. I specialise in all aspects of information rights law, particularly freedom of information, data protection and surveillance law. My clients include local authorities, the NHS and government agencies. Increasingly, I'm being engaged by public authorities to advise on the application of exemptions to complex FOI requests. If you'd like to take advantage of this service, please get in touch. Thank you for listening. Until the next time, goodbye.